Amen. Is he coming back for you? Well, why don't you thank him for that this morning? Say, Father, I thank you that you came to me. I thank you that your word is more than life to me. In a sin-cursed and dark world, the light of the gospel came to shine on your predestinated, elected seed. Heavenly Father, we're here this morning to rejoice. To rejoice in the sovereignty of the moving of your spirit. Holy Spirit, would you come and be pleased with our gathering this morning? Gathered with the blood bought and purchased of our lovely Lord Jesus. Asking that your grace will be upon us. That when we read your word, Lord, there won't be just words on a piece of paper. But it will become life within our very being. Father, we ask that you bless the opening of the word to the hearers. And use the speaker this morning that you be glorified. Man will not be glorified, but the word of life himself will be high and lifted up, Lord, that we can draw all men to you. Not to a church, not to a man, but to you, our lovely Lord. Bless the meeting now. Watch over the saints, Lord, the brethren, as they will travel back home from this men's meeting. We pray, Father, you'll grant them all traveling mercies. We love and we miss them all. But Lord, you know who would be here this morning? Would you give spiritual food in due season to every soul that has gathered? If we've done or said anything wrong, Lord, cover us in the blood of the Lamb. That we can have an entrance boldly, Lord. And coming and asking for your divine will to be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. God bless you. Good morning. As we often say and repeat David in the scriptures, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You never know what the Lord has for each and every one of us. And so we're expecting great things. We're expecting God to do uh, a great work. Brother Ed is away. He's been speaking at uh, men's meetings in North Carolina. Brother Barry Coffey's church. Um, Brother Tim. Um, Brother Mark. Brother Darren. <laughs> two of my sons. Brother Derek Paris. Brother Tim Andes. I think there's seven of them. So I was going to call them the group of seven. But we're, we're just, and Gary St. John too, that's right. I, I was watching the back of people's heads, I can tell by the bald spots. <laughs> so we missed them this morning and, and we're thankful for their lives. But the Reds had a, a tremendous impact, not just in our church, but around the world. Around the world. So proud and so thankful that I could be associated with that kind of a ministry. It's made of me what I am today. I think it's made you what you are today too. And his, his life means so much to us. 
Brother John will be traveling to Europe this week. He'll be leaving Wednesday. He'll be preaching for Brother David Iverson. Some meetings at, is it Young People's John? Young People's meetings in, in Belgium. And then he'll be taking Brother Caleb and Susie's wedding in Germany. So he'll be gone for a couple of weeks. So we're going to miss him. We're going to miss him. Brother Murphy will be speaking this evening. And that will be a treat, I know. And we all love Brother Murphy and his ministry. Brother George, it's nice to see you. I always feel incomplete when you're not sitting there. So it's nice to have you home. I'm sure your wife and family so look forward to having Daddy home. It's a crazy world we live in. Crazy times. And uh, this is not my scripture, of course, but I was looking at it early this morning. Paul writes in First uh, Thessalonians, But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have not need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. You see here of uh, Joanna just telling me that there had been a shooting up by us yesterday, yesterday dear? Was that yesterday? A retaliation for another shooting. And uh, I said, well, it's fulfilling scripture. That violence will fill the earth. Violence will fill the earth. And don't think that we're, we're excluded from wherever we live. But we have a protection. And that has to become real for you. We have a protection. I remember when there was a... A crazy guy, murderer in the 80s. And my next door neighbor had a, a four, four girls. And his name was Rick. And he was a Catholic. And this fellow had gone and, and killed children. And of course we don't want to glorify Satan, but so he was all par- uh, paranoid and, and scared. And he had his children in every activity you could possibly think of from ballerinas to piano to gymnastics. And they were just running crazy to try and make sure that they were all watched over because he didn't want any harm. And I met him at a martinizing, one hour martinizing in Cloverdale when we had that in the dark old days. And, and, um, I met him there and I was picking up my suit and he says, Tom, Tom, aren't you worried? Cause we're next door neighbors and you hardly, you know, get to know your next door neighbors. We knew them quite well though. And he says, aren't you worried? You got three little boys. I said, I'm not worried. He goes, you're not worried. I said, listen, I believe in a God that's real. And I don't do stupid things. Just let them run the streets. But I said, if I didn't have a peace and a rest in Christ, it would be, I'd be a neurotic. And I'm looking at him and he's pretty close to being neurotic. And so now here we are today, how many years later? Probably 35 years later. And uh, we have what they call mental health month or week. Joel, where are you? Is it week or month? Week, okay. And, you know, it's very prevalent in the, in the workforce and everybody is, is conscious of it. They said it's not only uh, physical health people are concerning themselves with, but mental health. And, you know, you, you look at that and you say, and it's real. It's real, friends. It's real. But if we didn't have a place that we could literally 
let off the pressure, we'd be caught up in it also. And that is why we have church. That is why God sent a message. is so that we have a place to run into and we're safe. And the balcony said, Amen. I'm not going to get no devil of depression on a moment's time. Because if you look up Isaiah 60, Arise and shine, for your light has come. In the Hebrew, it says, Arise out of your depression. And Brother Branham preached, Arise and shine, Shalom, twice. So that we would rise up out of what the world is being afflicted in and move in another realm where the Holy Ghost is moving in. So don't let Satan baffle your mind. Let this mind that was in Christ be in me. Let that mind that was in Christ be in me. We want to remember Brother Hugh as we have been and... um, I, I often get a text from him on a Saturday, and I missed it yesterday. I told Brother John in the back study. And I was going to call him, but things got a little bit hectic as we were studying and trying to do the certain things we had to do and, and then find out he's not here this morning. So we want to pray for Brother Hugh and his daughter Jenny Gray, as I, I believe Brother Nathan had mentioned this morning. We are battling, and we're in a great battle. And I... I Listen, to step out of this dimension into the next dimension, for me, I'm not worried about it, friends. I'm not worried about it. The next hand I shake, the next step I take, it doesn't matter. For a believer, we have come to the greatest rest ever. Sister Elizabeth, I was thinking of you and the boys. I was thinking of Sister Gina and, and Stephanie How that What a promise we have that you just take your last breath. And now you're fellowshipping around. Uh, in the dimension we've been called for. And I'm thankful that that has become a reality to each and every one of us. And it's so nice to have Brother Lou here also with us. How long, I don't know how long, but we'll probably have you speak at one time. So don't be too relaxed, all right? And we're looking forward to, to whatever the Lord has. I'd like to sing... Um, a little chorus, I think, a part of the chorus that Linda wrote, Only You, Lord, Only You. And I'd like us to stand and we will turn to the Word. Good. God bless you. Have a great morning. Only You.
Bibles, let's please turn into the scriptures. I'd like to turn to scripture we read last week, Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. We spoke on our groaning, the brooding of God. Deep calling to the deep last week. And how that this body in which we dwell in doth groan for that next dimension. And we groan for another tabernacle. That is something within us. And I thought, you know, we're, we're groaning for a rapture. We're groaning for that. And then I, I so appreciated Brother John taking actually the communion service, uh, communion. That was his title, I believe, communion. And how, you know, how perfectly, I, I just thought this morning, how the prophet preached on rapture, and then the next service, communion, right in that time frame. And we have to not be over-spiritual. I'm not trying to be over-spiritual, but you can see the continuity of the Holy Spirit. And we want God to deliver a people out of the sin-cursed age. It's not going to be you understanding scripture. It will be God revelating the scripture to you. And that's why he said that rapture will just be one more revelation. And I, and I do, I do, I prayed, I prayed over the last little while, Lord. I just need to be revelated. I've, we've, we've, we've sat, take your hours that you've been saved and the times you've been in the presence of the Lord. And the, then the times go into weeks if you add it all up and the weeks go into months and months into years of setting in the presence of God. And it's not that we want to have a knowledge of the word, but we do. And a lot of times we retreat back to the knowledge of it rather than press ourselves into the revelation of it. And then we think by our knowledge of it, we're really down the road when really you're probably or I'm I'll talk about myself, maybe not as far as I think I am. And so then it doth behoove us, as Paul said, I press towards that's just not scripture that we use to preach and pound at you and say, you know, why aren't you pressing? You got to be pressing. You know, that, that's laying up for us. Say so that you can say within your own individual life, Lord, is way to see it really gripping me? Is it take away the groan that this message has come for? Didn't come for us to say, oh, we're just message believers and we believe William Branham is a prophet. But this is indeed a rapture message. This is what you should be talking to your children. This is something you should be discussing in your homes. The message came to catch a bride away. And it's not just our, as I say, it's often, I know we as preachers get enthused. Some of us walk around the platform and and some don't. I love Brother Murphy's delivery. He's just right here. He doesn't hardly move. He's wearing out the carpet though right here. But 
Everyone has a different way. And yet, I don't want even you. As I've said often, don't get caught up in my enthusiasm. Have your own. Have your own. Have your own expression of, I love my wife. I didn't tell her that. What kind of a relationship I got? You sit here and sometimes zoned out. What, what kind of relationship is that? But, as I was thinking this morning, at least you're here. <laughs> you're letting the devil know whose side you're on. I think Brother Tim Pruitt said, at least I'll let the devil know whose side I'm on. I'm on the Lord's side. But really, saints, I don't, I'm, I'm not looking at anyone in particular. You know me. I look around the room. I don't look at anybody. I don't preach at anybody. I don't take a situation in church and preach a situation. That's not what preaching's about. Preach the burden of the word of the Lord. And that's the hardest part for us. Is to catch the thought of God for the time and season we're living in. So that it can affect us. Not just have a nice little message and go home and I'll be probably yeah, shorter than longer. Maybe longer than shorter. I don't know. But this is my life. This is our life. What else have we got? What else do we, what else do we want? And so forgive me if I, I forcibly go one way, but I'll try and, and address it this morning. Maybe like what I'm speaking this morning. If I raise my voice a little bit, forgive me. I, I, I just want the word to have an effect. In effect, because I'm seeing so many people being around this message so long, there's no life there. They think they do, and I would, I would, I don't want to stand before God guilty of not doing my part to encourage you in the faith. I just pat you on the back and say you're all right. We're all bride. We're all predestined. We're all that. The predestinated genes of God. I believe, believe the Bible. And in the Bible, if I read Paul's writing, in whether it be Ephesians, Corinthians, wherever, there was something that was reaching out for more of God. And if we don't allow God to use us to encourage you to reach out, saints, just wrap up your Bible, go home, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. Don't play church. Don't play church, please. I want everyone to hear that statement. And I'm talking to me too. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse one. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Think about that. When you came to earth, there was a body waiting for you. Your mommy, your daddy rejoiced because there was a baby boy or a baby girl and the doctor spanked your bottom and you cried and whined and screamed and show you had some life. But when we leave this 
dimension. There is another body waiting in another dimension. What, what a calm that is. What a rest that is to a believer. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is where? From heaven. Think about it, Matthew. There's a house waiting for us. I could go home and hit, get hit in a car crash. There might be a tear or two, but you'll get over it. You'll get over it real quick. Two weeks down the road. Oh yeah, I remember brother Tom. But I'll tell you what, there'll be singing and shouting in another dimension. And I'm looking and I'm, I'm calling for it. I am actually calling for my new body. For indeed, it says here, another scripture if you want to, another translation if you'd like to follow along. For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with the immortal, the celestial dwelling. Paul goes on to say, if so that we being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, and that's why I I spoke last week on how's your groaning. And I hope that maybe as you left yes last week, that thought could be lodged within your own heart. Say, how is my groaning? I'm just, I'm just reading scripture. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. May the Lord add his blessing to his word. You may have your seats. Satan is so devised and so crafted and so designed this world that he has everybody caught up in something. Something. There's the sports realm. If you want sports, you can get caught up in that. And they do by the tens of hundreds of millions. You can get caught up in economics. And there's tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that get swallowed up in the economics of life. You can get swallowed up in self. Your problems. Your situation. And that's all you think about. You know that a druggie, all he thinks about is the next fix. That's all he thinks about, the next high. It's all he thinks about. I just want to get high again. And that's why everybody is on their little web page and likes means everything to them. That's just an adrenaline thing. No different. Just a different kind of needle. Just a different time, type of adrenaline. People get caught up in, in just nonsense. But I want to get caught up and get carried away. 
I know life is hectic in Satan's Eden. I know that it's hard to put two nickels together. I know what it is to have too much month at the end of the check. We've all been there. You've worked hard. And you do work hard. Some of you harder than some. Hardly make ends meet. But it's Satan's Eden. Trying to ebb away at you. Trying to capture your minds and your thoughts. Away from what we have been called for. Because we gotta make that next dollar. We gotta make and we, and by the grace of God, a lot of us have been able to keep our wives in our homes as the prophet has thought. Some couldn't. But that's fine. You'll work it out. It's all, it's all good. People get condemned about that. I don't know why. Brother Bram said, if you just can't make ends meet, then do it. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But it's the activity of the mind. That Satan is wearing at. If he can capture your thoughts. He's got you. Because we want Jesus Christ. To be the center and focal point. Of everything we do. Everything we do. I want to walk like him. I want to talk like him. I want to act like him. I want to speak like him. I want to love like him. So the body, Brother Ram said in faith is the substance. The body, the body. How many bodies we got here? Look around the room. There's a lot of bodies. A lot of dust. I know you love your little dust. Looking at mirror and say, hey, got a new suit. Well, woohoo. But you know, that, that wears away that fast. That fast. You got over it already, didn't you? Tom always wears black or gray. But we're dust. That's all we are, dust. Abigail, I'm so happy for your baptism. I'm so happy for what God's been doing and dealing with the saints amongst the church. I'm so happy we're refocusing and putting our thoughts to heaven. Happy home on high, heaven. We sing this world's not my home, I'm just a passing through. We can run and run and run and run. And at the end of the day, it's ashes. But what you do for Christ, are you listening to me? What you do for Jesus Christ will last forever. So our bodies groan. And this is indeed then our inheritance. For if you be Christ in your heirs, as you've been noticed on my little theme for the last four or five weeks. If we do grow, and that's a part of our inheritance, Nathan, that's a part of our inheritance. 
And so then if we're children, then Brother Brown says, we're heirs of that. We're, that's my, that's my inheritance. My new body is my new inheritance. You say, oh, Brother Tom, you're only talking this way because now you're 65. I had it when I was 40, 30, 21 when I got saved. All I lived for was this word, Jesus Christ. This indeed is my inheritance. But if God in his goodness and grace, because it's not you, I'm, I just hate to tell you this. It wasn't you that found God. As Brother Bisco had a theme for a while, he came to me. It was God brooding over the earth. As he brooded over it and in Genesis. And as he brooded, Brother Bram said, and he cooed over the earth. And he brooded over it. Because your bodies, he said, were laying in the earth. Those bodies were laying in the earth. The apple tree that my mom and dad grew up and ate from, I never had it. But God knew that there would be that apple tree for them to enjoy. They have passed on and now I eat other fruit. Their bodies have come and gone. In a few short years, if God should tarry, a few short years, there might be 20% of us gone. But I want you to remember these last couple of services. Because there's going to be a time when there will be a change. And there will be a time that we're living for. This is what we're living for. I would not have you ignorant, brother. So the scripture is preparing us. You see the youth and different ones over the last months have been... Passing on and going away and, and you, you live life as though we're going to live forever in this realm. You're not. We don't know how much time God gives us. But whatever time it is, let's use it for the kingdom. Let's use it for the kingdom. People think because of heritage or lineage that they're going to make it to heaven. No. The only lineage and heritage we got is in Jesus Christ. My children will not make it to heaven because I'm a minister or a son of God. They themselves must have their own experience and their children. So then, Brother Bram said the Logos went out from God. The Logos, which is the word of God, went out from God. And he brooded over the earth and brought forth marine life and brought forth the spirit of God moved and brought forth botany life. And then Eden changed. And just imagine the chaos of what it was. And Brother Bram said one place it was a clinker that went off and tumbled into space and God stopped it and an earth was created. And, and you know, the, the, the language is so poetic. I don't know why you don't love, we don't love it more. And so then the Logos went out of God 
And God brooded over that little clinker, over that little earth, and that over that earth came life and botany life and fish life. And, and all of a sudden then there was one brought up in his image. And then when that was brought up, then as we preached on, he brooded on the earth and then he breathed. But was it just air that he breathed or was it a different kind of breath? I believe it was the spirit of God breathed into Adam. So he breathed or breathed upon the earth and marine life came. He brooded over it and it came and then man fell. And man fell. Sin came in. Adam fell. He brooded over it again. And he brought up, as we said last week in Enoch, he brooded over it again. And he brought up a Moses. He brooded over it again. And he brought up an Elijah. And we just thought Elijah just came on the scene. And Moses just came on the scene. And Enoch just came on the scene. But it was God brooding. Brooding over the earth. Knowing that there would be the sons of God that had to come up in their season. So then God in his greatness wrote it again and had a prophet come on the scene and his name was John introducing then the second Adam. I say, oh God, brood on me. Breathe on me. Let the life of God be in me. So he said he brooded over it. And that same Logos now. Now think about it. Brother Larry, just think about it now. And here's a prophet now looking into the very mind of God. And he's saying to him, that Logos that brooded over the earth that was chaotic. He said now that same Logos has a part and it's over the bride. That same Logos, this word that cannot be tampered with. And people are playing with the message. Putting their interpretation. They've done it since the prophet went on the off the scene. They will continue to do it. To tamper with life. Because Satan knows if you tamper with the word one time, you kill it. People looked and said, Brother Branham's coming back. They tampered. And they preached doctrines and they tampered. And they had thunders and they tampered. And if time shall go on, men will continue to tamper. But let there be one voice in the voice of many waters. Say, you stay with this message. Don't put your interpretation... You say what it says. Because that word or that logos cannot be tampered with. It's brooding over the churches. How many of you are in, in, in a Catholic church or a Methodist church or a Lutheran church? A Hutterite colony. And God brooded. Breathed on you. And you said, hey, this world's not my home. And it was the word that brewed on you. 
The same one that made Eden brooded on you, breathed on you. He's brooding over the churches, trying to bring back the word to its full manifestation. Okay, everybody listening to me now. Now we're getting into big words for some people. Are listening? Now he's brooding over the churches to bring us back to full manifestation. What Adam had, had to be restored. Because that's God's plan of redemption. So how's the groaning? How are you doing, Eve? Do you want to go back to your Eden beauty? Or do you want church? Uh-huh. So we took then from Hebrews 1, God in sundry times and divers manners spake in past times unto the fathers by the prophet, but hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. And many theologians, many learned men will preach to you that was in the days of Jesus. And leave it a period. But my Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you listening? I, I, I know you're listening well. I know you're listening well. But, uh, but I know that if I rev it up a little bit, you won't fall asleep as fast. If you're tired, go wash your face, come back in. Because this is the most important part of the week. It really is, saints. Whatever made you tired is not important. This is important. So now God hath in these last days. And I read out of 1 Thessalonians 5. I don't need to remind you of the times and seasons. But God in these last days hath spoken. Has spoken to us. So then the word. Has spoken to us. Then that word that brooded over. The chaotic earth in Genesis. Is the same word that's speaking to us. Are we moving along okay? Is that okay? Do you get that Sharon? The same God that moved on Eden. Is the same one that's moving on your dirt. You get it Ben? Think about it now. This is awesome. This is very awesome. Because he doesn't brood on everybody. He only broods on the predestinated. How many can say within their heart, don't show me, because we're we're doing good real now, and and don't get me wound up. How many can say within your own heart, you're not what what you were five years ago? Or last year? Or even last month. Because you can say he's changing me. He's changing me. From earthly things to that. How is he changing you Todd? 
How's he changing you? By the word. By the word that went out in this generation. So God had to send a prophet for a word to come forth to breathe on us. You can follow me along on that point. So then who, the Bible goes on to say, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Then if ye be Christ, you're then heir with him. Join heirs with Christ. Is that what the Bible says? Is that what the Bible says? So then he's brooding on us to bring us to full manifestation to our full inheritance. I, I, I know the wheels are grinding and that's good. It's good. Because I don't want to go too fast before your, for your wheels stop. stop. So now, here's this Holy Spirit, Josh. That won't let you go. That won't let you go. Ain't no way he's going to let you go. I know me. I can go away. I can come back. I can go away. I can come back. But he's not going to let his elected lady go. She is going to manifest. Because not one word will pass away. Because it is not the words of a man. That was the word of God speaking through a man. People say, what are you referring to? I'm referring to a prophet that came in this generation. And I'm not ashamed to proclaim it. Because he was one of the stars that was in the hand of God. Laying there for this season. Luther was a star. Wesley was a star. We had Columba. He was a star. We had... All Iranian stars, Paul star, he was one of the stars in the hands of God. And they spoke the word, which was the breath of God. So down through the ages, the breath of God's been breathed. And each one of those ages, those men and women that God brooded over, lived their portion. They lived their portion. God bless you, Sister Sally. He, you lived your, they lived their portion. Now there's a portion of the Word of God for us to manifest. We're shown to Satan, as it's been prophesied, this Eve will not fall. And you just have to determine, I'm that Eve, that the Logos is brooding over me. Do I hear an amen, brother John, up in the balcony? It's the Holy Ghost brooding over you. Then, if he's started to brood, he can't stop until. He can't stop. You might hinder it in yourself, but I just say, get the rock off your plant. Because God's not going to save you to lose you. Who being in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. People get so enamored, a guy can hit a puck at 99 miles an hour. They think that's power. Are you kidding me? That is a low thought. I'm trying to bring up your thoughts to a higher plane. 
a race car driver in NASCAR. I've never hit NASCAR before, so might as well hit NASCAR today. I don't even know what NASCAR is. Just I see cars going, boom, boom. And I go, really? Is it that exciting to watch a car go 200 some laps? And they come by the thousands to watch it. They do. And they get caught up in that, and they think that's power. There's nothing like the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. There's nothing like that power. But the Bible says, who being in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged all sins. Think of it. He's purged all sins. So the devil that's been on your case and said, you did this, you did this, you did this. Hey, he purged all sins. The sins I used to do, I do them. If you're still doing it, you better check your experience. You better check your experience. So he purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty up high. That means that he upholds all things. He maintains all things. He moves all things forward. God moves, propels all things forward. And that's why I'm so blessed when I come and I see how the word of God gets a hold of a person's heart. And they start moving forward in Christ. That's probably the greatest desire of a preacher's heart. To see Christ being formed. Propelling a people by that power. So he upholds you. He propels you. It's he himself who has offered himself as your sacrifice to accomplish your purification. Your purification. Orin, your purification. You couldn't sit here as a redeemed son of God unless Jesus had gone to Calvary for you. Unless that happened, we all wouldn't be here. I'm sorry, friends. None of us would be here. So then God, when he brooded over the earth, and marine life came forth, and botany life came forth, and animal life came forth, sea life came forth, power! That's power! Now that's power! When brother... Uh, Fabronio said to me, he said, they're still discovering animals they have not discovered yet in Brazil forest. That's power. By the spoken word, that's power. Let there be and there was, that's power. Then the power that spoke that word and created your body that was planted in the earth to come forth at this time. You don't think there's power in you to overcome in this generation? There is power in a people. Praise God. People say, drugs got me or nicotine got me or 
the bottle got me or adultery got me or fornication got me or web uh, gaming got me or something. My God can break every one of those demons. And he has. And he will. He hath delivered you. He is delivering you. And he will continue to deliver you. Do you see that, saints? God does not change. Hallelujah. So when he created man, he blessed them. The Bible says in Genesis 1. He blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. Subdue your problem. I'll let that one go around the room. Remember, the Holy Spirit, the same one that brooded over that, is brooding over you to bring you to full manifestation. So what Adam lost, you are being restored to. Is everybody on my same page? I'm just saying what the prophet said. So now the, the Bible says this. He said, God bless them. He said, be fruitful, be multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. Subdue it and have, here's the key word here, have dominion. Everybody, I, I better look up here because I know the lights get my eyeballs and I can barely see the, I'm so short I guess I can't see the balcony. I've told Michael all the time these, these ones are blinding me. And now I'm seeing dots all over my... But have dominion over your problem. How on earth are we going to have dominion over the earth if you can't even have dominion over your problem? Your own personal problem. Your own deceitfulness. Brother Briscoe said, he says, a person that's deceived doesn't even know they're deceived. Because they're deceived. But now we're supposed to have dominion, Brother Roy. Dominion. Dominion over what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I say we've been now being restored to have dominion in this dimension and that dimension. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and powers in high places. Adoption. Hey, now here's a good one. Matthias, here's a good one. Adoption. He says, I don't want to choke you to death. Neither do I. (laughs) I don't want to choke you either. But you know what? I actually believe what I'm reading here. There's a lot of people speak and don't believe what they're speaking. I believe it. It says, now this might choke you to death. But did you know that men that are the sons of God are amateur gods? You might as well say amen. Amen. That's what your prophet is telling you. That's the breath breathing on you. Hallelujah. Did you know that the men that are the sons of God? Can I say daughters of God? Daughters of God. 
You are amateur gods. And people say, you're wonky already. You're crazy. You're going into another realm. Hey, leave me alone. I'm enjoying myself, okay? They're miserable. They don't want to make you miserable. You, you believe the message actually said that? I'm reading the message. I have different ones come to me and say, well, by the time I read a quote today, can I get that copy of that quote? I say, absolutely. I still bring my books, Brother Andes. Still bring them. I'm old time school eh? I not I got I don't even have an iPad up here. I must be an old time preacher. All these guys that scroll on iPads, one day their electronics is gonna go, but I still have paper. <laughs> what are they gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you say you're in horse and buggy. Eh, you're carnal. No, I'm not. Hey, listen, just give me my Bible, that's all I need right now. Because after, like I said, these years, you have absorbed that message. You have listened to that messenger. You are becoming the very word that has been breathed on you. Because we're not just a church. We're sons and daughters of the living God. And if people are expecting Brother Bradham to come and help them out. Brother, when that prophet does come back, I'm going to be changed just like him. I won't need an airplane. I won't need nothing. I got Jesus. People lived on that. Breathed that for years. Noxious smell breath. Have been somebody that had just a noxious smell? Here's a cert. And people have breathed that kind of breath. But praise God. God didn't leave them that way. He didn't leave them that way. And he won't leave us that way. If he's got you, he'll let you run your own course. But finally, there will be a little bit of a tug. And that will be the grace of God to bring you back to where you belong. Amen. So now, I don't want to choke you to death. Is anybody choked here yet? Jackie didn't get choked yet? Okay, just checking. Did you know that men that are the sons of God are amateur gods, Mike? How many ever know that? Now you tell me something. I'm going to ask you something. Unless a prophet told you that, or unless God made that real to you, how would you know that's true? How would you know that's true? How do you know you're saved? I didn't tell you you're saved. God spoke to you individually. And then the voice of God revelated you. Oh, I remember one day. I, I remember coming to Bible Way. We were talking about it because somebody who said they got real scared coming here. Oh, I said I was scared to death when I came to Bible Way House. Scared to death. And there wasn't even hardly this many half of here. I walked in and Violet was there and, and, uh, I walked in, I thought I was the cool man on campus then in those days. And I walked in and I looked around the room and I go, woo, this is heavy. Wow, these people are real heavy. I think, Violet, you had your hands up, tears were coming down your cheek, I always remember that. And I thought, boy, this is real. i never seen that in some United Church. They were all dead. <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, let's get out. We've already been 45. 
We haven't even started. Somebody said, you're preachers. They preach a long time. Well, where's Brother Tim Pruitt? I've never kept you three hours. For Bronio? No, i never kept you three hours. But now I guess I can. <laughs> you stood it. Huh? We stood it. But I was, you know, when I walked in, I had to admit, I was scared. Then there's Brother Mike Hunt at the door. And there was this other brother at the door. And, you know, when the meeting started, they closed the door. I go, I want to get out of here. I got to get out of here. <laughs> so Brother Bisco was preaching. And I don't have a clue. <laughs> Going away. I, I, I'm not even saved. I, I'm not even saved. And that is just going over my head. It's just going over my head. But something in here was saying it's true. It's true. It's nothing but the truth. Man, when they opened those doors, I was out those doors. I had an old 59 Chev pickup truck. Had a rusted out floorboard. It had a starter pedal on the side. And I went, backed up my truck and Ken comes running out. Hey, come back. But what was it, saints? What drew you to this? What was brooding over you even at that time? It was God brooding over his elected lady. And I'm not what I was 40 years ago. And then there you are, and you're not what you are 40 days ago. Amen. He said, why? You're amateur gods. God's called you. Because we're to come back to full dominion. Full dominion. Full dominion over the world. He gave him dominion in all things. And he lost his godship. He lost his sonship. He lost his dominion. And Satan took it over. But brother, we're waiting now for the manifestation of the sons of God that are coming back again. Can you cry out? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I want to walk in it. I want to believe it. I want to walk in it. I want to believe it. Come on, Abraham. He heard the voice of God no different than you heard the voice of God. Where am I going? He didn't even know where he's going and neither did you. You came to Bible way. You came to church. You came to this message. You didn't even know where you're going. You didn't have a clue. No, didn't have no have a clue. I just came to church. I just loved the presence of the Lord. I just saw the people and I started to all of a sudden mature, mature, mature in the presence of God. That dry stick got a, got a few buds on it, got a couple of leaves on it, then a couple of blossoms on it, then a couple of fruits on it, and it's still blossoming. It's still growing. Amen. That's what the Lord Jesus is doing to you. Oh, for the grace of God, of our Heavenly Father. The chaotic life you once lived is over. Because of the brooding and the breathing of the word. (laughs) Your chaos. I want everybody to say amen on this. Come on, amateur sons of God. Your chaos is over. 
Walk in it. Believe it. <laughs> Glory. I walk in it. Abraham walk in it. North, south, east, west. Hey, that's good news. You know, north is north, east is east, west is west, and S is S. South. What's that spell? No. News. N-E-W-S. News. This is the good news. <laughs> it's all yours. To have, thank you, Brother Sterling, just got a little ahead of me there. To have dominion. It doesn't matter what Amalekite comes your way. I got five amens over. Nobody over here said amen. Yeah, it'll come. No Amalekite. No Hittite. No Baptite. No Mennonite. No Hutterite. Hmm? We have dominion over this. Dominion over it. Dominion over sin and unbelief. Because when Abraham heard the voice, what happened to him? He started to move. Move. And he started to travel over his land. And then everything that was in that land was his. And then the devil tried to take away a part of his inheritance, which was Lot. Can you imagine a 75-year-old? I'm 65. I can't imagine a 65-year-old man. Saying to 318, which is about right here. Come on, boys. Let's go get Lot. There's a but, but boss. There's five kings and armies. And all we got is shears and goat. What do you call them? Goads. Ox goads. And we're going to defeat him? He said, my God gave me everything in this land. And if Abraham can do it, I want you to say, amen. I also, being of that faith lineage, I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. Not a scripture, but a living word breathed in me. Every scripture, the Bible says, every scripture is inspired. That word inspired, as I preached on years ago, is God breathed. That's God's breath, is his word. So if his word says you can do all things, that means all things. Then if a prophet comes down and now ministers to the word, faith cometh by hearing and hearing what? The word. Then how's your faith doing this morning? Oh, he said, what? What happened when God started to brood? Chaos left. And I can say, amen. Even the earth hadn't changed yet. But something happened on the inside of me. And when finally about the tenth time I came to Bible Way, it took me ten, Ben, you talk about a hard nut to crack? I was a hard nut to crack. And I came to Bible Way probably ten times, if not, you know, a couple more times, but I think it was about ten times. Ten times, 
the Holy Spirit started to finally crack open the nut. And I just wanted to surrender. I said, Lord, I can't, I don't know, I can't live what these people are living. I can't do that. And the devil got on my shoulder right away. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. But something inside said, I want, I want, I want, I want. I want what they got. And that night, the Holy Spirit met me at an altar, changed me. But the earth was still the earth. Still the earth. But something happened on the inside. Something happened on the inside. I was so excited. I was at home. I was with my mom and dad. I go bounding up the stairs. It was late in the evening. About 11 o'clock, I come bounding up. My dad wouldn't go to bed until I came through the doors. And dad was looking over because our, our kitchen window looked over the road. And he kept on leaning on there watching for every car to turn in the driveway. And as soon as he see the car drive in the driveway, he turned the light off. And that meant that I knew that he was waiting for me. Now he's gone to bed. But that particular night, he was up. And I just come bounding up to the still same earth. Long hair. Looked like, you know, something out of, out of you know, a university row. And uh, dad looks at me. He goes, whoa, what happened to you? What happened to you? Chaos was now getting put into order. So quickly. Oh, he said, what happened to you, son? I said, dad, I got saved. My outlook was still a long haired guy. But they could see the chaos. The brooding. The breath. Glory started to take the chaos quickly. And that's how quickly it could happen for you today. You say, I've been living in chaos. But I know a God that can brood over your seed. I know a God that can change you from a lukewarm Christian to one who's on fire with God. That God is present here right now. That God can change you. Change you. Hallelujah. So quickly. Son, what happened? I couldn't even believe it. I, I said, Dad. I was remember I was writing it down. I said, Dad, I got saved. He doesn't know what saved means. Doesn't have a clue what saved means. <laughs> it, was a, <laughs> it only gets worse. You got saved? I said, yeah. What's saved? Born again. What's born again? I don't know, Dad, but the chaos is gone. No smoking no more. No dope no more. No booze no more. Amen. Why? God does the brooding. Hallelujah. Sister Barb, brother... Richard, I looked at an old message video the other day. You're sitting in the same spot. I think George is actually in your spot. Somehow you moved one seat back. Faithful, brooding of God. Here we go. 
Now I've just laid the foundation. You long-winded preacher already. I know you're nervous. But listen, it's all good. It's all very good. In very plain language, Brother Brown says here in the Church Age book, in very plain language, the true bride of Christ has the mind of God. Say amen. We have the mind of God. We have the message. This message is the mind of God. It's the breath of God. It's the brooding of God. In very plain language, the bride of Christ was in his thoughts for all eternity. (laughs) You were literally in his mind for all eternity. Though not expressed until each came forth in its designated decreed season. As each member came forth, Eleanor, when you walked through Brother Biscoe's doors, I was there. You and your husband. Then comes the family. In a specific season. Designated. Every member will come forth and be expressed. Thus, his bride is the literal, spoken word seed bride. Let there be. Let there be, Jonas. Let there be. And there was. Let there be a bride. And there we are. Let that thought of God be manifested in its decreed season. So then if we are now being manifested in our decreed season, what are we to manifest? Christ. Christ. Jesus Christ. You are the literal Spoken word bride. Though she is feminine in designation, she's also called the body of Christ. It is very apparent that she ought to be called that for she was predestinated in him from the same source was eternal with him. Eternal with him. And now manifesting God in a many-membered body. Oh, my. Oh, me, oh, my. How many here understands trigonometry? (laughs) Come on, you can put it on. Okay, algebra, anybody here? How many has forgot algebra? Look at that. (laughs) See, there you go. Hey, we forgot all our learning. So we're ignorant and unlearned. And some of us are just gifted, gifted. 
They never forget. I can't believe it. I remember when Sam brought home his grade four math. I said, son, go to your mother. I failed that class. <laughs> but there's something in us. There's something in us that's beyond knowledge because knowledge can forget. I w- we had a brother came here. He was a man, a person. In, it's up to God whether he's a brother or not. But he was at the house when I was at the house. And he was the guy that pounded on me. Hey, son, you got to get your hair changed. He's part of the chaotic part that's tried to clean my own earth up rather than let God clean me up. He thought he was uh, having dominion over me. And I didn't like that. But anyway, he's not here and I am. And we're moving forward. But he was like a super intelligent person of this message. When I got saved, I didn't know John 3.16 until Brother Viscal told me and Brother Ken told me. I didn't know where John was in the Bible. That's how ignorant and unlearned I was. So anyways, you know, and all the hammer me, you know, the process, the process, the process, the process. So, you know, I'm like you, Todd. I just sit there and take it. I just take it, whacked again, whacked again, you know, I want to go witnessing, I, I, you know, I thought I was doing real good, you know how hard I, I, it was for me for, to badger my parents to have my hair down here, it took me a long time, but then it took a long time for it to go up to here too, and so I got it right here, I got it right to here. And I, Brother Mike Hunt, he was going down Main Hastings. He was going to go to testify and witness to the message downtown. And this brother was going with him. And, and I said, I want to come with you brothers. I want to go witness for Jesus. And the brother turns around. And he says, you're not coming with us. I go, why not? He says, you need a man's haircut. I go, woo. You think you got schooled? I got schooled. I got schooled daily. <laughs> Uh, it was part of my growing up. Either we have different family now. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, a few years later, he goes off into Never Neverland. Then comes back here, not too many years ago, sitting right here. And I thought, hey, praise the Lord. You know, God's getting a hold of him. God's getting a hold of him. And, and uh, all of a sudden, he phones me up and he says, Brother Tom, can I take you out for lunch? I said, absolutely, let's meet for lunch. He's, so we met for lunch and he says, Brother Tom, he says, can I, can I say something? I said, sure, say anything you like. He says, you said an incredible message yesterday. I think it was Monday we went out, apparently. So he said, that was an incredible message. I said, what was incredible about it? He said, you're saying William Branham is Malachi 4. I'm going, <laughs> And then you tie it to Revelation 10.7. I said, how much dope have you been smoking? Oh, he says, I still have a few cases in my, in my uh, freezer, but I'll get rid of them. I said, you mean your brain is so fried? You used to be years ahead of me, and now you've lost everything? I, that one really fried my head. But you know what it made me realize? People learned the message. You cannot lose a revelation. And because he learned it, he left. And he left again. But the bride are the literal spoken word of God. Violet, we are still here. Because we love the word. Doesn't matter what's happening around us. Chaos around us. We will take dominion. 
doesn't matter what's happening in your home. You take dominion. Say amen. We are being restored by the breath of God to take dominion back. Told myself I wasn't going to get excited. What's everything waiting on, he says, in the adoption series? What is he waiting on? What's everything waiting on? What's the whole creation is waiting for? What's it waiting for? So all creation groans. If creation groans and we came out of that earth, shouldn't there be a groan in our earth? Shouldn't there be a groan in our earth? Creation is groaning. We are groaning. Hallelujah. He says, don't you see? Everything's what's it waiting on? Whole creation is waiting on. It's waiting on you. The manifested sons of God. It's waiting for the church to come to its position. Who was the son of God when Adam, where was his dominion? The earth. He had dominion on the earth. That's right. He wasn't Allah, Allah, Elohim then. He was just Jehovah. But he became now Jehovah, Lord God over the earth, God, because now he had a son. And because he had a son, he was now giving him his economy. God's economy is himself. Can I hear amen? God's economy is not dollars and cents as I preached in Seattle. It's not dollars and cents. God's economy is his life. So it was Lord God over his family in the Garden of Eden. Now it's Lord God come down in this generation because he's got a family on the earth. Come on, family is on the earth. I wonder whether a mother could say, I claim dominion for my children. A daddy cry out, high priest of the home. I take dominion over every demon that would try to hold back my children. Come on, come on, come on, high priest. Come on, sons of God. Taking back. Our land, taking back what the end. Remember, the children of Israel, when they got the land, they had to drive out the Hittite, the Jebusite, didn't they? But when they didn't drive that out, they became pricks in their eyes because they failed to drive those spirits out of their land. Lord, not this bride. We will drive every demon. Every spirit. Come on, sons of God. We will drive them out of our homes, out of our lands, out of our children. Hallelujah. What Adam lost, this open word has restored. 
What are they waiting on? They're waiting on you to take your position. Listen, saints, I don't need any man to tell me what to do. I don't need any man but the man Christ Jesus. Let me, let me just tell you something. I was using this the other day. Brother Bissell's not here, so I'm sure he won't mind. I had the probably, not probably, I did indeed have the best father-in-law a man could ever have. And you're looking at me like, where is Brother Tom going? He let us live our lives. Never barged in. Never said this. Never told us that. Never did it. Because he knew we were individuals that God spoke to and gave us the respect. I gave him the honor and respect to ask. But he never came in and told. Because every one of us, as sons of God, have to have a walk with God and we have to honor that. You see, you're either in a fault, you go to them. I've got a few I got to go to. See them in a fault. But I wouldn't be a brother if I didn't go to them, would I? Oh boy, you really got quiet and you're wondering, who is that? None of your business. But we're a body. We're a family. And we need to move in it, saints. And we need to walk in it. And not just walk in it and say, oh, wasn't that a nice service we had this morning? Or maybe you didn't like it at all. And that's your prerogative. But that's what you get out of it. But we don't come to church to hear a nice service. We come for the word to have an effect on us. As we said at the very beginning. So now he says, what are they waiting for? They're waiting for us. Waiting for us to come to our position. Our position. The whole creation is waiting now for the sons of God to be manifested. You say, oh, we've heard the manifestation of the sons of God. Yeah, you did 40 years ago, but how are you doing? Are you manifesting it? You might have heard it, and don't you ever get tired of that. Until you're manifesting it, don't tell me you've heard it. Oh, he's on that again. Yeah, we'll be on that for a long time. Adam forfeited it. His dominion. He forfeited it because of sin. He forfeited it. But God had to brood over the earth again. Brood over the earth. Breathe on the earth. He brought his Enoch. He brought his Moses. He brought his Elijah. He brought his Nehemiah. Zephaniah. He brought them all. He brought the Lord Jesus Christ up. And then out of Christ came his bride. And a prophet then comes and breathes on you and says, you are him. Whoa, that's a huge statement, Brother John. How many times have we quoted that over the years? All of us. She's him. Say, amen. But then if we're him, can we talk like him? Act like him? Speak like him? Walk like him? That's what this message is to produce. Jesus Christ and the people again and people get all riled up because they think that we're somebody we're nobodies we're the nobodies that God made somebodies so how's your body doing 
How's your groaning doing? Well, I think I've been groaning more after I listening to you for a while. Oh, that's good. I'll take that on the positive note. I'm groaning more because I had to listen to Brother Tom these last two services. Good. That's what we want. See, you can always take the negative. And that's what a lot of people do. When you say something, they take the negative, And you're thinking positive. Lord, help us get the right understanding. So now our groaning has increased. Our groaning has increased. Down within us is calling for a new body. Then Brother Bram turns around and who is this Melchizedek? And said, you bypassed your word body. Your theophany body. You bypass it. He said, you had to bypass your theophany body. Because that's your word body and you would know all things. He said, you bypassed it because you had to go through your testing. He said, but Brother Tom, I hate my testing. No, it's okay. It's character building. I got tested with a brother. It's character. Boy. And so he says, you bypassed it. But because you are from the very thought of God, he's got a body waiting for you. He says, that's what you're hearing from. So my body now is groaning to put on that body. Is everybody with me? Anybody here read? Who's this Melchizedek? If you haven't, please absorb it, eat it, digest it. It's a very important message. Who is this Melchizedek? He says, now, here you come down the regular line from attribute. Attribute. Before the foundation of the world, your name was put on the Lamb's book of life. He become the word theophany that could appear and disappear. That was God Morphe who could disappear and appear. Because he's the word. And then he became flesh and returned back again. And resurrected that same body to its glorified condition. He said, don't touch me. I haven't been glorified yet. That's where we're going. That's what this message is moving you and breathing you. And brooding over you for. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love this. You say, don't, I don't want to lose you. But that's where we're going. That's where we're going, saints. He says, now listen. You've come now. You went on to the Lamb's book of life. He became the word, the theophany that could appear and disappear. And then he came, flesh, returned again, resurrected the same body in a glorified condition. But you bypassed your theophany. That's what he's saying now. You bypassed it and became a flesh man to be tempted by sin. And then, if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting. What we bypassed, we're going to. So then, Brother Bram said this, who is this Melchizedek? So then, after you've recognized the very word of God, which is your eagle food, then you left that other thing. You have been formed into the living image. 
Now listen, you're being formed into the living image of the living God. You heard from your theophany. Hallelujah. Glory, Josh. Glory. Glory. I'm hearing from my theophany, my word body. He said, where is that word body? In him. Oh my goodness. This is where we're at, saints of God. So then, once you've recognized the very word of God. Now girls, that's what you have to understand. Did you learn this because mom and dad came to church? Or did you have your own personal experience? And you have your own personal walk with Jesus. And he talks to you every morning. As you open up your Bible. And as you open up your message book. That word then becomes living. It doesn't, it doesn't come from just coming to church three days a week. That's not all. That's not having a living experience. That is a church experience. All we're doing is encouraging you from what all God's already been doing with you through the week. Boy, that one really went over well too. I'll just retract that and I'll try it again in another direction. So now you come to church and God puts into the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. What? For the building up, for the edification of the body. It's to build you up in the faith. This faith. Not Luther's faith. Not Pentecostal faith. But word faith. Because you're going to a word body. Who wants to go to their word body? I guess that's a question. I should have put out a questionnaire. Who wants to go to a word body? Who's been groaning for that body? So much. I did get to page two. I did. I told the brothers I got 20 pages this time. And so I said to I said, Tom Ray, I sat back in my chair last night. I said, Tom Ray, you're really going overboard. 20 pages, really? And you only get to two. Joanne just says, bring two. <laughs> so I took the 20 and I divided it in half, said that'll be next week. But apparently not. There's going to be more here for next week. By faith. By faith. You, can you give me a few more minutes? A few more minutes. By faith. By faith. Abraham received the promised son. By faith. How many years did he walk by faith? 25 years he walked by faith. I've been 40 some odd years I'll walk by faith. I heard the voice of God and I believe for a new body. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong what? Giving praise. Can you imagine Abraham? Here, his, here was his call, brother John. Abraham, father of nations. He's never had a baby yet. He's 75. And he's looking at his wife, 65, who's barren. And really, saints, you got, I know, I know you say it's easy to believe that. But you know what? Because you're looking back. But let's put it present. I'm 65. Okay? If I was 75 and Sister Joanne was 65, which she's not, I thought I'd make that perfectly clear. And we haven't had children and we couldn't have children. Both of us couldn't have children. But the same God that spoke to Abraham is the same God that spoke to us. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.
Is he the same? He absolutely is the same. Sam was a spoken word son. Brother uh, Sidney Jackson sent that prayer cloth and gave it to, uh, sent the letter to Brother Biscoe. Brother Biscoe gave it to us. Couldn't have children and all of a sudden within a week we have Samuel. We're expecting Samuel. I say, oh, that's supernatural. Absolutely. Three years later, Joanne wants a son. We can't. All my children are supernatural. Well, don't look sad, so sad. So are you. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you got a few other brothers that are supernatural. And my, my, and brother Ed, he was, he prayed and, and he, and he, when he prayed for sister Joanne, he said, let life come now. And within that week, we got Michael. Three years later, I said, how many tons do you want, honey? I'm happy with two. <laughs> No, we weren't because we needed Joel for our family. And Brother Ed came and prayed and there was no, nothing happened. Nothing happened for a couple of weeks. All of a sudden, boom, we were expecting Brother Biscoe and Sister Ruth or Sister, uh, Sister Biscoe were in India and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you'll have a grandson and his name is Joel. All they did was pray for us. They didn't know and we had picked out two names, Joel and Angela. And I wanted Angela. But I got my Joel. Amen. God. Same God that spoke to Abraham. Come on. Stay with me. You've had supernatural deeds in your life too. I'm just sharing a few in my life. These are trophies of the king. As I said years ago, or I said in Switzerland, I said people go out and they shoot animals and they put their heads on the wall. I put the devil's head on the wall. Infertile. I got that one, that head hanging right there. Huh? The devil, that unbelieving devil says, your children will not get saved. I knocked that devil in the head too. But not me, the Lord Jesus. So if he does it for one, he doesn't favor, I don't favor my boys. God doesn't favor his children. So what he's done for one, he'll do it again. Hallelujah. Why? Because so there's something by faith. There's something by revelation. There's something that God strikes us. It's the brooding impress of God that's moving you, propelling you into his very thought that he has for you. So now he says, beloved, as John says, now we are the sons of God. Not we will be, but we are. Brother Bram takes that in Christ the mystery God revealed. Moreover, whom he did foreknow. Whom he did foreknow. He did what? Predestinate. So God in his great mind knew us. We were always in his thoughts. Foreknown of God. God knew us. And now we had to come out from God. We had to be manifested in our decreed season. So now then, what does he do? What does he do? Brother Bram says this, and who's this Melchizedek? What happens with a plant? What happens with a plant? Jesus said, unless a corn of wheat die and go to the ground, it'll buy it alone. Is that what he said? John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground, it die, it buy it alone. But if it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. 
So now the seed, God, had to go into the ground to bring forth the church. So then Brother Bram says now, and now makes reference to that, and who's this Melchizedek? What happens to a plant? What happened to the corn of wheat? It had to rot. But to prove that it was wheat, it had to come back up to vindicate what it was. So now listen to what he says here. He said, what happened to the plant? It rots. The first thing, the stalk. What's next? The tassel. What's next? The shuck. Then the grain comes out of that. Three stages of it. Till it gets to the grain. That's exactly right. It's God vindicating it. God vindicates what goes in the ground when it comes back up and manifests. So you being manifest is vindicating this message. The breath of God. You living this life is showing Malachi 4 breathed on you. Because you died, you rotted, and now you've been coming up. Hallelujah. God vindicates it. That's always been right. God vindicates it to be true. Showing plainly the predestinated is the only ones considered in redemption. Did you get it? He says. Let me say it again. The predestinated is the only ones that's even considered in redemption. People might be making like. And that's why the burden of the word of the Lord is on you. People may be making like. They think they are. But real redemption are those that are predestinated. That means to bring it back. The redeem is something that's brought back to its original place. So our actions speak louder than our words. Isn't that wonderful? My sheep hear my voice and a stranger they shall not follow. They only follow God's voice. The voice of God which is his breath breathes. Let's not put up with our conditions of life. Let God transform it or conform it to the image of his son. I'd love to get into that. That that was where I really wanted to preach this morning. On being conformed to the image now of his dear son. Being conformed. And that's a deep, deep subject. One I looked at for hours on, 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 in my Bible and in the Greek definitions, trying to understand exactly what this, then you know what, saints of God? The wonderful thing is, when you don't understand anything, you retreat yourself back and say, Lord, make that real to me. I don't want to learn it. I want it to become an experience. 
So we can retreat back. And now I can say to you this morning that the same God that spoke to Abraham is the same God that speaks to you. The same one that made him from unfruitful to fruitful is the same one that will make you unfruitful to being fruitful. Why? He vindicates it by a life. That's why if the seed went in the ground and it comes back in its seed again, that seed will be the same life that went in the ground. And that's why then a prophet preaches a message. Seed is not air or the shuck. And Brother Bram corrects himself in his last message. He said he had, he said seed is not air with the shuck. That means the shuck is the air or something. And he turns around and says, no, it is the shuck is not air with the seed. So in closing, can I ask you this question? Good question, Sister Jessica. Good question. Who showed you this message? Who showed you this, Ashley? Who showed you this, Nathaniel? Who showed you this? Michael, who showed you this? Who showed you this message, Larry? Jeff, who showed you this? Who showed you this, George? Brother George, who showed you this? Man never showed you this. God showed you this. God showed you this message. And that's what you have to now rest on. God showed you the fulfillment of his word for this age. And this word has breathed on you to produce a life. Who told that little girl? Who told that? Preston, who told that little girl in the Bible? That little maid? Who told her to tell Naaman? I would to God that you'd be with Elijah. Brother Bram says in one place, who told her that? Elijah had never even healed anybody yet. But she knew one thing. Elijah was God's prophet and God's word. And where the word is, there is life. Where the word is, there is life. Can I say it again? Where the word is, there is what? Not crooks. Not Laodiceans. Life. Not Pharisees. Life. Where God is, there is life. If there is no life, the plant's dead. The plant is dead. Brother Bram said, how did she know? That if a leper could get to a light, he was a Syrian. He was an unbeliever. But you know what? You've all had a little maid talk to you. I would to God you get to Malachi 4. Because Malachi 4 is going to show you Jesus Christ. Oh, I don't mind games are going on. Is he lifting up the message over the Bible? Oh, so many mind games going on these days. You know, warring in their minds. Let it go. Let God revelate you and there won't be a warring. It will become a revelation. Brother Bram said, what inspiration was that that told her if that leper man could get 
to Elijah, he would be all right. The same inspiration that told you that you needed to be born again is the same one that spoke to that little maid. He said, what is it, church? He says, it's all built on inspiration and revelation of who he is. The church of the living God is built on that revelation. Musicians, why don't you come? So then, saints, anybody got a dead baby? Anybody got a dead son? Anybody got a dead daughter? Boy, I'm going back to the Bible here. How many of us have got death in our family? How many of us? But we've got a shadow where there's a little woman that made room for a prophet. Come on, stay with me. She made room for a prophet. And because she made room for a prophet, God gave her the desire of her heart. And God gave her a child. And then that child died. She could have got very miserable. Brother Branham said she could have got very bitter. He said, but a real believer does not get bitter. That's a whole other message I got here. What was it that she cried out even though she had a dead son? What did she say? What did she say? (laughs) Can I ask you the question? Is all well? In all your situations this morning, I'm going to ask you. You've got backslidden children, front-slidden, backslidden, side-slidden. You have maybe parents you want saved. Can God raise them from the dead? Did he raise you from the dead? Is he the resurrection? Then the God that brooded and breathed on you. Can you ask the Lord this morning to go and breathe and brood over your children or your family member? Can you do that, Brooke? Can you do that? You got some brothers that need a real brooding. They need real salvation. They need a real deliverance. Can he do it? He did it for you. If he did it for you, he can do it for you. He can do it for you. He can do it for you. But you've got to believe it and say, yes, I believe it. That's my promise. All is well. All is well. If you got somebody you want to put on your heart this morning and raise to your feet and say, God, speak to them. I want you to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. I'm not going to let them go that way. We are in a body change. We are groaning for that new tabernacle. Hallelujah. We're going to put this word into action. We're going to speak the word of God this morning. Word of God, move. Move on Bible Way's behalf this morning. Hallelujah. Just lift up that voice. Lift up that hand. Lift up your arms. Said they're dead, but I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the brooding of God. I believe in the groaning. 
Listen, Satan ain't going to pull one over on God. We've got too many witnesses and a great host of witnesses are in this room right now. We got Sister Marilyn who believed for Nathan and God, after years of believing, brought him here. We had John Waldner, wayward, gone his way. But one day, Jesus came. Victor Adamora. Saints, he's the same God that spoke to that woman at the well. Is it well? You say, it's well. I'm believing for my dead husband. He needs a resurrection. Brood on him this morning, Lord. I send the Holy Ghost after them. There should be a few more of you young men pressing yourself into the kingdom right now. As Brother Bram said to that one little lady, she's tearing into the kingdom right now. Tearing into it. Why don't we tear into the kingdom for loved ones? Say, that devil took my daughter away from me. I claim her that she will sit beside me. Oh, saints of God, I hope your faith is being raised up to another level. My son Joel was dying in the world. But one day, his mommy went to her father and said, I don't approach you as my daddy. I approach you as a man of God. You prayed for my son. And we had a son, but he is dead. God, rich in mercy. She said, I entreat you. Raise my son back up. And today, he sits in the assembly of the living God. A wife, children. God does it for what he could do for every one of you, Sister Shelley. Whatever your heart of desire is calling for. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Doesn't matter the situation. When they wrote the song, he lost his girls. He lost his family. He lost all he owned in the Chicago fire. It didn't matter his situation. He was like that little woman that had a dead child. He said, it's well. That takes a revelation. It's well. Brother Tom, it's well with me this morning. It is well. It is. It is well Heavenly Father, this message of Christ so thrills my soul we see those that have gone and now they're just floating out into abyss of darkness but something brooded over us Lord caused a groaning within us a light struck a seed 
And the atmosphere of God brought forth sons and daughters. Oh, blessed thought. Blessed thought. Blessed Lord Jesus. We thank you for a messenger that was faithful to speak. Thus saith the Lord. And that word breathed over us. And it's causing us to groan for a new body. A change in the atoms. A coming up higher. Lord, various ones, many, many put up their hand this morning. In the token message, Lord, at the end you said, send the token through your prophet after your loved ones. And so collectively this morning we agree together that we send the Holy Ghost after our lost loved ones, Lord. Lord, we want a gathering here to gather there together. We're denying the devil this morning. We are crying, it is well with my soul. We don't look at circumstance. We're looking at the promise of God. And where the word is, there's life. And so this morning, Lord, the word has gone forth. May there bring forth life. May the good ground receive it, Lord. And may it bring forth a hundredfold within every heart and life here. Lord, we will go our separate way now. And we'll come back this evening to hear Brother Murphy. But Lord, I'm not expecting to hear a man. I'm expecting to hear the voice of God through the man. That the breath of the word would breathe upon us one more time. May, Lord, you brood over this assembly in a greater way. May there be more groaning of soul. As all creation doth groan, we within ourselves do groan. And may that deep meet the deep. Because we know there is a deep thus to respond. Father, I'm thankful for this group of people this morning. That have gathered. I looked at them through the monitor in the pastor's study. Just fell on my knees and said, this is the blood-bought and purchased of God. When you feed your sheep, you're the great shepherd, Lord. Feed your sheep. Let them go home, Lord, knowing they haven't fed off the words of a man, but they fed off the body word of the Son of Man himself. Bless your children as they go their way. And may they go with a determination that dominion has come back at this decreed season. And I'm taking my land. I'm taking my inheritance. I'm taking what is mine. I claim it in the name of Jesus Christ. For your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for a change? Is everybody ready for a change? Well, start groaning now. Start groaning. Let's see our loved ones come. Start groaning. Let the Holy Spirit brood on them. Start groaning. Lord, save them. We want to go home. We want to go home. God bless you. Would you do me a a great honor and favor? Just greet one another. Tell them how much you love and appreciate them. Thankful for their lives. Greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.